0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. We're talking about afterlife. And really, this is the second week, and last week we talked a little bit more about hell and some of that, and this week we're gonna talk quite a bit more about heaven. And many of us, we have different thoughts about heaven. And Paul, who who has actually been to heaven, he's writing in the Bible, and he, he says this. He says, whether I was in the body or out of the body, he says, I don't know, but I was in heaven. He goes, I got caught up to the third heaven. And he had been there, and he's writing to the Philippian church, and this is what he says about heaven. He says, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better? He says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to be with Christ, which is better, which would be far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. Paul, who had seen heaven, says, I want to go there. He's like, for me, I I just want to go. I am ready to go. But for you, he says, I want to be fruitful, so I'm going to stay here. And really, we all have an idea of what heaven is. From somewhere, we've gotten some idea, maybe a picture, maybe something like Sunday school teacher said, or maybe not Sunday school, or it was in a song. Or we, we gather ideas from everywhere, and we kind of come up with our own pictures. And sometimes they end up looking a lot alike, but it's not really because it's based on any one thing. It's just kind of what's come together. So... I want to try something with everybody. Would you please just close your eyes? We're not praying; you have to bow your heads, but you can if you want to. But just close your eyes for just a minute, and I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to answer them out loud. But keep your eyes closed. Answer them loud enough that I can hear. With your eyes closed, picture a surfer, and now tell me: Is the surfer a boy or a girl? Okay, boy. Okay. Does the surfer? Does he have long hair or short? Okay, what color is his hair? All right, what state does he live in? And what is he saying? Okay, all right, everybody look up here at me. All right, Um, no matter where we get these ideas, they just kind of come together, and we have this little thing that we put together, and the same thing is true of heaven, No matter where these ideas come from and what they do, we we get these, these, and from everywhere, we get this idea of heaven and what that's going to be and what it means, and that does affect us how we live every day. That affects what we do and what we do not do. So today, what I want to do is maybe set the record straight for some of you. Some of you, this might be a totally new idea but to introduce a little look at what the Bible says heaven is going to be like, and that I hope that when you leave today, that with that in mind, that it changes the way that you live, an hour from now, in an hour, and in a day, and then five days, but help to impact and frame the way you want to be living now as you look to what heaven is going to be, and that at the end of service we all have the same picture of what heaven is supposed to be, and that that is based on. What the Bible says. Now, when I when I start talking about heaven, some people are like, well, wait a second, we can't really know. Because there's that verse in the Bible that says, No eye has seen, no mind has conceived, all the good things that God has told us and, and has in store for us. And you're absolutely right. But there's some things that He has told us. And so that we do know. So this is not everything, but this is what we do know. So Second Peter. Chapter 3, 13 says this. He says, but in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward. Like we're supposed to, he's like, look forward to this. This is coming. And he wants us to know it's coming, and he wants us to be excited about it. There's things I don't tell my kids, because if I tell them, they look forward to it. And then they don't stop asking, like at all. Like when do the halls come over? When are they coming? When are they coming? Are they coming right now? When are they coming? Like 5 o'clock. Is it 5 o'clock right now? No, it's not. Go look at the clock. Well, I'm not really sure. I, I just don't tell them because they're looking forward to it. And we have a rule, like if, if something's ever happening the next day and they ask when, I say after breakfast. Because otherwise, they wake up at some ungodly two o'clock in the morning thing and come downstairs and they're like, it's tomorrow. And I'm like, no, go back to bed. What are you doing? God wants us looking forward to heaven. He wants us to look forward to it. So, He tells us about it. He says, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of the righteous. It says, New heaven and new earth. The Bible teaches that right now, God, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. That's where Jesus is now, and that's in heaven. However, heaven isn't going to stay there. He says, looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. And this is what it says. We're going to jump into Revelations chapter 21, and John is talking, and he's, he, was, he had a vision, and he saw what is going to happen. And so this is what he says. He says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first, first earth had passed away. So this earth, the Bible says, every element will melt. It is going to pass away. He says, and there was no more sea. He says, but there was a new earth. If you look at the the Bible and you read in Genesis chapter 1, you see the Garden of Eden, perfect paradise that God had created. He did not abandon that idea. He wasn't like, oh, well, that didn't work. It says, a new earth. And when John looked at it, he said, the thing that's different about it is there's no sea. So heaven is going to be a lot like earth there's no sea, but there's going to be trees there's going to be mountains, there's going to be rivers. The Bible says that the river of life flows through. It says that the tree of life, there's the tree of life on each side of the river and it bears its fruit each month. There's going to be seasons. If there's seasons, I think I can snowboard. Like, come on. There's seasons. There's months, and it talks about the the fruit of these trees. I think many times we think of heaven having to be completely different than this. But God says He is making it new, and He's going to put things back the way that they were supposed to be before sin and the devil got in there, and Adam, which really, we're all going to be like, seriously, Adam, what did you do that for, right? He's putting that back. That is what it is going to be. The things that we love about earth, I believe many of them will be in heaven, the new earth that God recreates. Revelations 21, verse 2, and I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. That is heaven. Okay, this is the city that Jesus has been preparing this whole time, and he comes down. I heard a loud voice saying, now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old things have passed away. There's one thing in there that I'm kind of like, really? He says no more death, which means no more hunting. So I'm just thinking, I got to get that in now, like every day I can. It's like, get the hunting in now, okay? We just, because it's not going to be in heaven, so we need to get it in while we still can. All right, verse 22. And I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty, the Lamb, are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Verse 24. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of earth will bring their splendor into it. Now, we're still talking about heaven but it just said nations and kings. Now, that doesn't fit in a lot of people's ideas of heaven. They're like, kings and nations, hold on a second. Aren't we like clouds, harps, and like, whoa, what's going on here? Again, this is a newly created earth, back to the way that God intended it to be. In in Isaiah, Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus being born, and this is what it says. It says in verse six, chapter nine, "For unto us a child is born." You probably are familiar with this. These first couple lines from around Christmas time: "For unto us a child is born; to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." And of the increase of his government and peace. Don't see those words together very often. There will be no end, and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It says that the government will be on his shoulders. He will rule, but there will be kings, there will be government in heaven. And let me just say, if there's a king, there has to be somebody who's not a king. You ever see too many chiefs, not enough Indians, where everybody's just trying to be the boss, and you're like, this is just hilarious. It, it doesn't work. It does not work. We say this all the time when it comes to marriage and marriage counseling. Anything with two heads is a monster. Like, it, it just, it's a bad idea. One person is the head. It, it just does not work. Well, everybody is not going to be a king. So, this is what that means. Heaven will not be the same for everyone. That's that's, that's what I said. Heaven will not be the same for everyone. In Matthew 5, verse 19, Jesus is talking and he says this about the way that we live now and the impact that it will have on heaven. Matthew 5, 19. So if you ignore the least of these commandments and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. If you can be called least and you can be called great, then heaven is not going to be the same for everyone. It is not the exact same. The Bible says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. But what happens, if you can store something up there, then it's there. And if you don't store something up, it's not there. Right? Heaven is not going to be the same for everyone. The Bible talks about those who lead many to Christ. It says, will shine like the stars in the heavens forever. Now I am by no means saying that there will be a part of heaven that's bad. I think that heaven is going to be an absolute riot. I think it will be amazing for everyone, but it's not going to be the same for everyone. That was a store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. He says, there it will last. Here it will not. So heaven is not the same, here's what it's, it's, not a socialist utopia of we all just get there and then everything is the exact same. And here's why I want to make that, I'm, I'm stressing this point so, 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 so very much, is because everything that we see in Scripture points to this, that the way that we change what heaven will be is we do that now. We do that now. In Matthew 25, Jesus is talking And he says this in verse 14. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. So Jesus is trying to paint a picture of what heaven will be like for everyone. He's like, okay, you've never been there. I want to paint. I want you to help you to see what this is like now, as always, there's more scriptures than what we're getting through and getting to today. So if you do have the YouVersion Bible app and go on your events, you can look us up in there, Life West, and there's more scriptures and things that really help with this. But Jesus is talking, Matthew 25, and he tells a story to illustrate what heaven is going to be like. And he says, there were three men, and you can read the account for yourself there, but this is, this is the gist the of what he says. There's three men. The master calls them in and says, okay, I'm going away on a trip. So to one, he gives a bag, five bags of silver. To another, he gives two bags of silver. And to another, he gives one bag of silver. He says, take care of it until I return. And then he leaves. When he comes back, he says, okay. He calls his servants and he says, give an account for what I have entrusted you with while I was gone. Now, Jesus does stress in the story, he was gone for a long time. How long has Jesus been gone? A long time. Okay, just want to help you to connect that parallel of the story. So he says, it's gone a long time. He says, now come and give an account for what you have been given. And then this is what we have. As we're reading through here, he says, okay, after a long time, the master came back. Give an account for the money that was used. This is verse 19. Verse 20 says, the servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward and had five more bags. So he gave him the original five and says, look, I gave you five more. And his master replies, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many responsibilities. And the King James Version of this says it this way, and I will make the ruler of over many things. He says, You were responsible with this. Now you will be responsible. Or in this case, he says, Ruler over many things. And then he calls in the one who has the two bags. And the man who had the two bags comes in and says, Look, here's the two you gave me. Ta-da, boom. That's what I would do. I'd have hidden it, right? Like, two more. And the guy's like, says the same thing. He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. It says, you have been faithful with few things, I will make you, and again, it says the same thing in the King James, I will make you ruler over many things. Well, that's the first two, and that's kind of redundant, but then the last guy comes in who had the one bag of silver, and he comes in with the one bag of silver, and he kind of brings that thing in, and it's all stinky, dirty, musky, and he's like, hey, I know how hard you are. So, I'll tell you what I did with this bag of silver. I didn't want to risk anything. And I know you're. So, what I did is I buried it in the ground. Look, here's what is yours. And he gives it to him. And this is how he responds to him. Then he ordered, Take the money from the servant and give it to the one who had the two bags of silver. Verse 29 To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, And those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into utter darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And weeping and gnashing of teeth, if you read that in the Bible, they're referring to Hell. Over and over, when Jesus talks about hell or we hear hell mentioned, it says where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth over and over and over. So, when it says this here, we know Jesus again is trying to illustrate what heaven will be like. And I know this is a little bit counterintuitive to the way that many of us think and operate now, but I was actually, I was at a car dealership several years ago and I was talking with a manager and anybody who is manages people and is in leadership. I love understanding more about and how their brains work and why they do the things that they do. And, and so I was, got talking to him. And he says, this dealership's a little bit different than most. And I said, okay, why? And he's like, well, see, here, whenever a sure thing comes in, so whenever they know a sale is coming, whether it's somebody who, like, they come in every two years, three years, or five years, they just, they just buy a car, or, or you know, it's the family, you know, dad's coming, and we already know he's buying a car. He's already told us what's happening. He goes, when those sure things come, he says, at typical car lots, what they do is they take that sure thing, and they give it to the struggling salesman, the ones that aren't doing so well. He goes, we don't do that here. He goes, instead, he goes, I give it, he goes, I reward my best salesman with the sure thing. And I was like, Okay. Which, in my mind, I was like, well, all right, sounds good. And he goes, it did not go over well when we started. He goes, because that's not the typical thing. He goes, but why in the world would I want to keep around a bunch of salesmen and saleswomen who can't keep themselves afloat? He's like, why would I want to do that? He goes, now, he goes, we have a great sales force of salesmen and saleswomen. He says, because we reward the good ones. The ones that do well, they're the ones that get the freebies. And I was thinking about that, and I thought of this story in Matthew, of how that's literally what Jesus said. He said, to those who have, more will be given. But to those who do not use what they have, what they have will be taken away. And he's really talking about us taking advantage of the time that we have now. Deciding, what are we going to do with the time that we have now? Because heaven will not be the same for every single one of us, but we can change the way heaven is for us and for those around us. We can bring people along with us, but the time to do that is now. And Jesus wanted his disciples to be mindful of this. He said, look forward to heaven. Know that it is coming. Know that it's coming, know that it's going to be great, but also know that the time to be planting, so to speak, is now, to take advantage of the time that we have in our world, to take advantage of the relationships, because we're going to be given an account for what God has given us. And He didn't give us bags of silver, He gave us talents, abilities, resources, time, energy, He says, what are you doing with what I gave you? What are you doing with it? Did you bury it and give back what God gave you? Or did you say, no, I took what you gave me and look, I impacted this family member and this family member and this neighbor over here and this person over here and this person over here. What did we do with what God gave us? And it is so much fun. And again, as we talk about this, this just fits right in with what we as a church are so passionate to help you with is to, for you to be equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. Because it's, again, it's so good to do the things we're good at. It's fun. Anybody like to do something you're not good at? No. You either quit or you practice until you get it right. We've been doing these church events and we keep playing cornhole and I'm horrible at this game. Do you want to know what I did? I YouTubed it. And I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to throw this? And I play with Matt, and Matt's like, he looks the other way, and they just go in. I'm like, what is this? Because I want to be good at it. And it's more fun when I'm better at it. I'm not consistent at all. But anyways, it's more fun when we're good at it. But when we take those things and we surrender them to God, and we say, God, how can I use this to build your kingdom? It's 10 times more fun. It really, really is. So if you've never gone through the growth track, Jump in next week if you were hesitant about this week. If you've gone through it or you've gone through a spiritual gifting thing you, or you just say, I know what my giftings are, but I'm not using them. Start today. Use them to build the kingdom of God. Use them in the church. Use them in your world, in your office, in your family, in your place, in your workplace. Use those gifts to build the kingdom of God and watch how much fun it is. It is so much fun more fun than just doing it for yourselves. I love wakeboarding. We grew up um, wakeboarding a ton. Did it a bunch. Um, but I fell awkwardly wakeboarding and I didn't let go. I was going backwards. The boat was over here and I fell and I didn't let go. And so my, um, it was actually with my left hand and the boat went that way and it just kind of went <laughs> and that hurt and that was awkward. And then a couple years later, I was mountain biking and I did not get hurt. But I was biking on a bike path, okay, a dangerous paved bike path. And I was pedaling, and at the top of my stroke, um, I pushed down and my chain snapped. And so I kind of just went off the bike, and I put my shoulder into the ground. And, and when I did, I went to the hospital, and hospitals are, are hospitals, and I don't like them. I, I, just, I just don't like hospitals. Okay, let me just be really honest. But this is really funny because I'm in there and they're looking at the x-rays and one doctor comes in and he looks at the x-ray and he's like, what? And so he goes out and comes back in. I'm like, well, I don't like doctors saying what. Like, I just don't. I'm not the biggest fan anyways until you really need them and you're like, thank you. But I, and he says, what? And he leaves and he goes gets a doctor and that doctor comes back in and then they both look at it and scratch their head and then they leave. And within six minutes, there's like seven doctors around this thing. And he, she, them, all of them are just talking, and they're looking, and I'm like, I go, in my little cast, I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we've just never seen anything like this before. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? No wonder I don't like you guys. Spit it out. And, and one of them comes over, and they're like, your, your collarbone, and I actually have the x-ray, is vertical, but it's not broken. It just separates, like the things that are supposed to hold it where it's supposed to be, they're like, you'd have been better off if it broke. They're like, it's just, it's just, it's vertical. And they're like, look at this. And then another doctor comes in. I'm like, give me my x-ray. Leave it alone. So wakeboarding after that, I still wakeboard, but I don't do a lot of the crazy, crazy tricks. And to some extent, God's healed me, but not all the way. But you know what I've gotten to do since then is I stopped wakeboarding near as much. But we would take people with us who had never, never wakeboarded. And I went on entire trips where we taught people how to wakeboard. And I was like, this is so much fun. I didn't know I could have just as, just as much fun teaching other people to do the thing that I love to do. But there's just something about when we take the things we're passionate about, and instead of using them for us and the fun that we have, but we turn them around to be a blessing to other people, it brings such joy into our lives. And I don't know what it is, but I guarantee that you have a gift and you have a passion that God has put in you. And I say, use that for His kingdom. And watch how much joy God brings into your life when you use that. Maybe it's books. Maybe it's building things. Maybe it's nerding out on electronics or or code. I have no idea. Maybe it's board games and you're just obsessed. You can use all of it for the kingdom of God. And use it today because God has given you gifts. And one day he is going to come back and say, what have you done with what I have given you? Let's use them to build the kingdom of God. But we're out of time, but here's what I want to ask. I want to make sure that everybody who's here knows beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes quickly? Just out of privacy for those around you. If you're here today and you hear me talking about heaven and what it's going to be like and you say, well, that sounds fun, but I don't know. How do you know if you actually get there? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says it's not about how good or bad you are. It's not about what you've done wrong and what you've done right. There's no scale to weigh. Because you've fallen short and you can't do it. You can never be good enough. What you and I both deserve is that other place, hell, for what we have done. But Jesus came and he paid the price that we should have paid so that we could be free. The Bible says, if you confess in your mouth that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, if you will accept his substitute for you, he says, you will be saved, and you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven and begin to walk out the plan and the purpose that God has for you right now. If you've never done that before, I'd love the honor of praying with you this morning. So if that's you, or if you say, you know what? There's a time I was living for God, but I turned my back on him, but today I want to come back, I want to live for him. If you're either of those, and right now shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Today I'm going to live for him with all of my life. Today I'm coming back. I want what he has for me. Lift it all the way up in the air so that I can see. Halfway, doesn't work. All the way up, I want to know He wants to know, lift it all the way up. All right, go ahead and put those hands down. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. And you that lifted your hand this morning, as we pray, you're going to repeat after me. We're all going to pray together. But you that lifted your hands, I want you to say this prayer. And you make these words your own after you repeat after me. Let's just say this together. Everybody say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me for shedding your blood in my place. Today, I give myself to you. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. Devil, you lost me. And today, God, I'm yours. From now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.